Hello everyone, welcome to Mushtar FM 89.6. This is Victoria and I am hosting today's show Gossip with Maria de Guapa. Hello, how are I, you? I am super excited. I'm super excited about today's show because we have prepared a lot of juice for you. Yes, very juicy, juicy. And what about you? How are you feeling? I am feeling good. I'm also excited. Okay, so... As you know, we have already published a series of gossips about very famous Russian people, musicians and um, poets. And today we are going to follow, so to say, our usual routine. And we're going to be talking about one of the most revered authors. He was known not only in the Russian Empire, but in the whole world world. And his name is Leo Tolstoy. Maria, have you ever heard this name? Of course I have. I think everybody has, at least once in their life. And have you read anything from his works? I am familiar with his works, but I have never read per se. Yeah, but I was a little bit unfortunate and you will know why. As a school student, I had to read the most famous works of his and we will talk about it a little bit later. But back then, I didn't really know much about his personality and I didn't really have an idea of what kind of person he was. But then I started looking up some information. I started watching some videos. And I think that it would be quite interesting to know a little bit more about him as a person. And maybe it will help you to understand his works a little bit better. So first of all, let's get started with a little bit of his biography. Maria, what have you prepared for us? Sure. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about his childhood. I apologize, first of all, because I am not Russian. I don't know how things are pronounced. So if Victoria helps me all the way, then it's perfect. But yet Tolstoy was born at Yasnaya Poliana, family state 12 kilometers southwest of Tula and 200 kilometers south of Moscow. He was the fourth of five children of Count Nikolai Ilyich Tolstoy a veteran of the Patriotic War of 1812, and Princess Maria Tolstaya. His mother died when he was two and his father when he was nine. Tolstoy and his siblings were brought up by relatives. In 1844, he began studying law and oriental languages at Kazan University, where teachers described him as both unable and unwilling to learn. Tolstoy left the university in the middle of his studies, returned to Yasnaya Poliana, and then spent much time in Moscow. Tula and St. Petersburg, leading a lax and leisurely lifestyle. He began writing during this period, including his first novel, Childhood, a fictitious account of his own youth, which was published in 1852. In 1851, after running up heavy gambling debts, he went with his older brother to the Caucasus and joined the army. Tolstoy served as a young artillery officer during the Crimean War and was in Sevastopol during the 11-month-long siege of Sevastopol in 1854-55, including the Battle of Chernaya. During the war, he was recognized for his courage and promoted to lieutenant. He was appalled by the number of deaths involved in warfare and left the army after the end of the Crimean War. I have a few things that I would like to comment. So... When he was young, he was gambling a lot, as you said, and uh, his life in Moscow was quite frivolous. But 
What I don't understand is that he was constantly beating himself up. He was so devout and he kind of hated everything. He was like, oh my God, what kind of life am I leading? This is not how I should be living. But he didn't really do anything to change that. He was just beating himself up and he felt like he was just suffering. And that's what I don't like about him. So it was all about this self-denigration, but it was just for the sake of feeling this, feeling that he was kind of saint. And his first encounter with a woman was when he was 14. Did you know that? I didn't know. And after the intercourse, he was standing beside the bed and he was crying. And he was saying that this is the worst thing ever. Like, is this what we should be doing if I feel that terrible about this? But he kept sleeping with women. And this is so bizarre to me. Like, you write one thing in your diary, but you keep doing the same things again and again and again. And you're kind of judging people for doing the same things as you do. So that was just one comment that I wanted to add. Yeah, I think it's kind of peculiar that he was like that. And I want to go back to his thinking process and the way that he thought. And I think that was because his experience in the army and two trips around Europe made him try to be like a nonviolent and a spiritual anarchist. So that was interesting. And then he said that during his visit to Paris in 1857, he experienced public execution. And so he wrote, the truth is that the state is a conspiracy designed not only to exploit, but above all, to corrupt its citizens. Henceforth, I shall never serve any government anywhere. Tolstoy's concept of nonviolence was encouraged when he read a German version of the Tirukural. He later instilled the concept in Gandhi through his a letter to a Hindu when young Gandhi corresponded with him seeking his advice. Okay, we will talk about him not being violent and I'm being sarcastic right now because what he did in the, let's say, second half of his life, I don't find it nonviolent whatsoever. I just, I have, I have a lot of doubts about his devout and spiritual nature as a lot of people are claiming. But what happened next in his life? So he was a soldier during the uh, war in the mm -hmm. Caucasus, right? Yeah, he later met in 1861. He met Victor Hugo and he read Les Miserables. Sorry for the French pronunciation. And so he had a similar evocation of battle scenes in Hugo's novel and Tolstoy's War and Peace indicates this influence. His political philosophy was also influenced by a march 1861 visit to French anarchist Pierre-Joseph Proudhon, then living in exile under an assumed name in Brussels. And then Tolstoy reviewed Proudhon's forth forthcoming publication La Guerre et la Paix, which means war and peace in French, and later used the title for his said quote-unquote masterpiece. I don't know what you think, if it's a like masterpiece or not. So about uh, war and peace. Yeah, this is one of his most famous works, maybe the most famous or maybe Anna Karenin, but like I've read both of these books. That's pretty interesting that actually Tolstoy himself did not like a war and peace. Uh, later on, he would comment on people not understanding that 
it's just a piece of trash and that he has other more valuable books that they should be reading. So that's quite peculiar. He spent a few years working on War and Peace. And uh, that's, that's quite interesting how his ideas had changed that drastically that he wanted to, so to say, cancel his own works. Yeah. And after that, he went to his hometown and he founded Thirst. 13 schools for the children of Russian peasants who had just been emancipated from serfdom in 1861. So, Victoria, you've told us that you have read his books. Can you tell us a little bit about that, about how in Russia you have to read his books in school and stuff? Well, the first thing is that I find it really bizarre that basically kids who are 16 or 17 have to read Tolstoy because I think that you have to be quite experienced and you have to shape yourself as a person to be able to understand it and to critically analyze it. I could not do that when I was 16 and I couldn't do that when I was 17 and a few years ago, I reread Anna Karenin, and my perception of the book was completely different. But I must say that I like neither his style nor the content of the books uh, for a few reasons. Well, stylistically, he is very difficult to read. His sentences are like half page long. And for me, it was particularly difficult to like stay engaged because I, I would forget what was in the beginning of the sentence. And uh, when I was reading Anna Karenian, I was reading it in English and it was easier for me to comprehend it rather than the book in the original in my mother tongue. But yeah, that's not a big of a deal, really. I think that you can get used to the style at some point. But what I didn't like is that I felt as if I was looked down at, that he was preaching his philosophy and he thought of himself being better than other people. But in reality, he was a human being. He had a lot of vices. I do believe that he had very sensible ideas. For example, and there is one quote that I agree with about governments that they are not interested in education. They're not interested in educating people because when people are not educated, they are easier to manipulate and to control. And that's quite clear. You don't really have to be a great philosopher to see this truth. But yeah, the thing is that he had very sensible, very wise ideas and quotes. But at the same time, uh, there was a lot of misogyny in his books. But of course, we need to keep in mind the context. Of course, that was the Russian Empire. That was only the patriarchy. And we need to accept it. But even for that time, you could sense this hatred towards women. And I have a few ideas Theories. <laughs> yeah, a few theories why he actually hated women, but we will talk about it later. But basically, in his diaries and in his books, the idea was that women were vice and evil, and men had to resist them. And that was a little bit messed up for me. But in general, yeah, I did not enjoy reading his uh, works. 
And now I think I understand why. Because to me, he was a terrible person, a tyrant. And the reason why I think this way is what kind of husband he was to his wife. Sophia, and we would like to talk about her for a bit because she was an outstanding woman. And I personally think that thanks to her, Tolstoy got known and got the fame that, that he got. So, um, Maria, what, what do you know about Sophia? Well, I will tell you that Sophia was one of the three daughters of a German physician and his Russian wife. Her maternal great-grandfather was the first minister of education in Russia's history. And although the family of Sofia expected Tolstoy to marry the eldest daughter, Lisa, Tolstoy found himself captivated instead by the middle sister, Sonia, or Sofia. He began to fall for her when she was still a child of 14. If she were four years older, I would propose to her now, he wrote to a friend. And in fact, four years later, he did propose. At 34, Tolstoy was 16 years her senior. And on September 17, 1862, the couple became formally engaged after Tolstoy gave Sofia a written proposal of marriage, marrying a week later in Moscow. At the time of their marriage, Leo Tolstoy was well known as a novelist after the publication of The Cossacks, for a little bit of context. So, Maria, what do you feel about this age gap? And there is one thing that you should know. Tolstoy had been a family friend and basically he was spending time with Sonia when she was a kid. So he was kind of raising her. And what do you feel about this? Yeah, it feels a little bit creepy because it feels like, yeah, he was grooming her. So, yeah, the fact that she was 14 uh, did not help. Like, maybe I can get that he wanted to wait for her to be 18. But, like, the whole thing of seeing her and be like, okay, if she was only four years older, then I would marry her. I would propose right now. It was just like, dude, like, no. And also, he was actually thinking about marrying the eldest daughter. Yeah, it's not like the family was expecting. Yeah, because, I mean, they were interacting a lot. But then he has like, oh, there is a very young flesh. I think I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to wait for years. It's fine. I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a little bit at least strange to me. But again, it was the Russian Empire. And uh, sometimes women actually got married at 14 or at 16. So that was not something unusual. But still, there was a huge age gap, right? And he was an experienced man and she was so young. And uh, I feel really sorry for her because I think that he just destroyed her life. She was not experienced at all and he kind of used it. Yeah, we'll see a little bit of that right now because, well, we're starting with something strong, something very juicy, juicy. I think you know this, Victoria, but I thought it was very peculiar because on the eve of their marriage, Tolstoy gave Sofia his diaries. His diaries detailed his sexual relations with female serfs. The diary included the fact that Tolstoy had fathered a child by a woman who remained on the Yasnaya Poliana state. So not only did he show her like his sexual past relationships, also the fact that he had a bastard child. And yeah, she was pretty shocked, as someone would be, after reading about her future 
husband's sexual explorations, but went ahead with the marriage. She said, all of his past is so horrible for me that I think I will never be at peace with him. She wrote, he kisses me and I'm thinking that's not the first time he's being infatuated. I was infatuated too, but in my imagination, while well, he was involved with women, alive and pretty. And going back to diaries, it is very important to know that Sophia was highly educated. She was a brilliant writer and actually she had a, not a degree, but like using our modern terminology, she, she got the highest degree that women could back then. And um, she could read, she could write, she was uh, good at arts and stuff. And she was also quite romantic. And before marriage, she thought that she would find a man who would be her everything. And even before the marriage, she used to write diaries. But after that, she thought that she would give it up because there would be no need. Her husband would be her diary, so to say. She would open up her heart to him and he would be everything to her. That's what kind of person she was. And I would like to read the whole diary entry so you could feel how miserable she was in their marriage. 5th of October. My diary again. It's said to be going back to old habits I gave up since I got married. I used to write when I felt depressed. Now I suppose it's for the same reason. Relations with my husband have been so simple this past two weeks and I felt so happy with him. He was my diary and I had nothing to hide from him. But ever since yesterday, when he told me he didn't trust my love, I had been feeling terrible. I know why he doesn't trust me, but I don't think I shall ever be able to say or write what I really think. I always dreamt of the man I would love as a completely whole, new, pure person. In this childish dreams, which I find hard to give up, I imagined that this man would always be with me and that I would know his slightest thought and feeling and that he would love nobody but me as long as he lived and that he, like me and unlike others, would not have to sow his wild oats before becoming a respectable person. Since I married, I have had to recognize how foolish these dreams were, yet I cannot renounce them. The whole of my husband's part is so ghastly that I don't think I shall ever be able to accept it. I'm giving him everything. Not one part of me has been wasted elsewhere. Even my childhood belonged to him. My fondest memories are of my first childish love for him, and it is not my fault if this love was destroyed. I used to love everything beautiful. My soul knew the meaning of ecstasy, Now all that has died in me. No sooner am I happy than he crushes me. Yeah, so as you can see, even in the beginning of their marriage, everything kind of went down. But actually, they were happy for a few weeks. And Tolstoy in his diaries wrote that she was the one, that everything was perfect. But then they started drifting away from each other. And the situation was deteriorating and was escalating quite fast. And in her diaries, she also wrote that she was just furniture. She was just a woman. Yeah, that's the word that she used. She was a sexual toy for him. She was the mother of his kids and she was furniture. That's it. She was really unhappy being with him. Yeah, and it is said that he demanded a lot from her in their married life and probably that includes lots of intimacy. Suffice it to say that she had 13 children with him, although five of them died in infancy. 
And that was something interesting too, like when she was pregnant, because he didn't want to touch her while she was pregnant, because it was supposed that they couldn't have sex. I don't understand exactly why, but it's something that they didn't do. So he turned to the peasant women in his village, and he was a landowner and a count, so he had unlimited power to do whatever he wanted with these women. At the beginning of their marriage, he promised Sofia not to have any women in her village, except for rare chances, which I would neither seek nor prevent. A very polite way of saying that he was definitely going to have affairs. So you have been reading her diaries and she looks like somebody that loved him very much. But he felt, in this case, what I can tell is that he felt that she didn't love him enough. But I don't know. I mean, she sacrificed everything. She sacrificed her youth, her health, because she had been pregnant for 10 years. So for 10 years, every single year, she was pregnant. And in one of his diaries, he wrote that she would moan. Breastfeeding was really painful for her because of uh, mastitis. And he hated her for that, that she wasn't paying and that she had to do everything. And she was kind of like whining about that. But I mean, honestly, that's impossible for me. Like, I cannot wrap my head around it. Your wife gives birth to kids. The whole estate is on her. She cleans, she cooks, she looks after kids. And besides that, she was his secretary. She was working on War and Peace, for example. And I think that you know that she had like copied War and Peace seven times, seven times. Seven times, yes. That's it was crazy the amount of work she had to do. Of course, and War and Peace is not the only work of his, right? Right. And he dared to, you know, express his annoyance. And he didn't want to hire a nanny to help her out because he felt that that was the job of a mother. So she was forced to do everything without any type of help. And still she managed she did manage and she gave uh, good education to her kids. She uh, looked after them properly and she would work on war and peace and stuff at night. So I have absolutely no idea how much time she actually slept, if she slept at all. But I was really furious when I was reading Leo Tolstoy's diaries, kind of being annoyed at his wife. Just appreciate her. And what is your theory? Why do you think Tolstoy didn't appreciate his wife enough? Yes, there is a theory, an interesting theory. So some people think that actually Tolstoy was homosexual. And that's the uh, root of his hatred towards women. And he spent all his life trying to figure out what he was and what he wanted. And I think, yeah, that's the reason why he destroyed his life and his wife's life as well. And so maybe he was pressing this nature, this homosexual nature. And as you know, when we were talking about Tchaikovsky, it was forbidden in the uh, society and yeah, his life would be destroyed. I'm not sure that he was like 100% homosexual because uh, he had a lot of intercourses with women. He was a man of lust. I think. But when he was uh, 23, he wrote, I have never been in love with a woman, but I have quite often fallen in love with men. 
And also in his diaries and other entries, he would write, I must sleep with women. It's, I feel like it was kind of obligatory for him. Maybe that's how he was trying to compensate for his real nature. And he had a very dear friend of his, and that's what he wrote about him. I shall never forget the night we left Pirogovo together. When wrapped up in my blanket, I wanted to devour him with kisses and weep. Sexual desire was not totally absent. To me, that sounds quite revealing. It sounds like they were best friends. <laughs> yes, that's very pure male friendship. Sure. But again, we need to bear in mind that it was a completely different context. And the relationship between man and the friendship between man was seen a little bit differently. But still, I find these thoughts really, really intimate. Not the way you just appreciate a man, but you have actual desire for a man. You are longing for a man. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a plot twist. Like with Tchaikovsky, I kind of knew because it was quite clear that he liked men. But with Tolstoy, I didn't think that this was maybe the reason why he hated women so much. It's not a far-fetched theory, but I think it's interesting to also look at it because this is a gossip show. So it's the juice that's important. Yes, but that's not the only thing. No? No, that's not the only thing that I have. Oh my God. Yes. So in his later years, he was often seen in the company of his chef disciple, Vladimir Chertkov, a man of striking appearance, 25 years younger. He became the writer's closest confidant, even reading his daily diary and by the end of Tolstoy's life had established complete control over the writer and his legacy. So they were very, very, very close. And Sophia reacted quite passionately, I'd say. She was very jealous of Chertkov. And once when uh, they were having a dinner or lunch, I don't know, it doesn't really matter. But there was Leo Tolstoy and other people. And Sonia accused him of being homosexual. So she actually read one of his diary entries where he wrote that he He had never been in love with women, what I read to you a little bit earlier, in front of everyone. And he got furious. He was like, this is nonsense. That's not true. And he made a lot of fuss and then he locked himself in the room. But the thing is that it never went further because both Tolstoy and Tretkov had a lot of power and she was seen as just a crazy woman. But well, we will never know, of course. But I think that the way they were close, the way they spent time together, how much time they spent together. It is suspicious, definitely. I mean, maybe she was making up some things. She had been married to this tyrant for all her life. And I think it's inevitable to, I don't know, get destroyed. Like when you feel that you are furniture, that you cannot follow your dreams, follow your passions. Yet because she was writing about this as well, that she wanted to do things, but she couldn't. She was trapped. And... Yeah, a lot of people are like, well, she could have divorced him. And I'm like, 
no, no, that was like 19th century. It's not an option. That, that was not an option. Yeah. And that would mean just committing suicide, getting divorced. She would lose her home. She would lose her kids. She would lose everything. And because she's already, she was already kind of used material. I know that that sounds terrible, but that's how it was back then. And no man would take her. And without a man, women were nothing, unfortunately. And she also tried uh, committing suicide. She was trying to drown herself. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, because their last years were really terrible. His philosophy, his ideology had changed a lot. And he was actually expelled from the Orthodox Church for his quite extremist ideas. And he also wanted to make the rights public, which meant that his family wouldn't get anything. And because Sophia didn't share the same views, he was again annoyed at her. But she had to think about the kids. And you cannot do this just thinking your thoughts. That is really infuriating, honestly. Maybe I am opinionated, but my rage is quite strong for him. Like, he was one of the most famous spiritual leaders, so to say. And he couldn't understand that, yeah, she was living in the real material world. She had to do things that he didn't take responsibility for. Everything was on her. Everything, literally everything. The only thing that he did was just writing, just writing. And of course, it's very easy to be this spiritual when you don't do a thing. And because they had had a lot of quarrels and they couldn't find a compromise. Tolstoy decided to escape, literally escape. Why did he run away? Yeah, so he, he ran away yeah, because of these uh, quarrels. He was like, yeah, I cannot live in this family anymore. You are suppressing me, blah, 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 <sighs> which is terrible. Yeah, again, this is my opinion. But the thing is that he couldn't live with his family anymore. Yeah, he decided to escape. But in a few days, he caught a cold and he died because of pneumonia. And even when he was dying, he didn't want to see his family. Can you imagine that? That is terrible. Yes, but they still came and Sophia outlived him for seven years, if I'm not mistaken. But even after his death, she would work on his novels and diaries. Of course, there are many, many, many things that we could say about his life and his marriage, but it's not possible to put it into 30 minutes. That's why if you are interested in Tolstoy's life, yeah, you can read his diaries, you can watch some documentaries, and you will find even more interesting things. And no matter how I feel about him and his literature, maybe you should give it a go to see whether you agree with us or not. Maria, would you like to add something? Sure, yeah, I agree with you that maybe he's not your cup of tea, but maybe someone else can enjoy his writing and his life. I think that the point of view that he had was very interesting, whether or not he was like that in real life. But I think he can be useful for some people maybe who are maybe lost in philosophy or don't have great ideas. They can be inspired by him. And even though he maybe wasn't a great husband, I think that maybe we can see the art and separated from the artist in this case. I do not agree in every case, but in this case, maybe. Because we have seen that the reality was that maybe he was not a very good husband. So, yeah, I think overall is a very interesting character. 
Yes. So if you have anything that you would like to share with us, please comment on our social media. We are very interested in what you think. And thanks for being with us. See you next time. Bye. Bye.